Well, a couple of years ago, I was at a conference and I bought a book by an Old Testament scholar that I really like named Walter Brueggemann on the great prayers of the Old Testament. And I got this book and I thought that would be a great sermon series, Great Prayers of the Bible. This was years ago. And then every couple of years, months go by, years go by, I would see another resource on Great Prayers of the Bible and I would get it, and then I would have another one, and then I'd get it, but I, I've never read any of them. They're just like this sort of growing pile on my shelf. And then I didn't know what I was going to preach this year, and I was like, finally, it is time. I'm going to break out all those books I've been getting, and we're going to do the great prayers of the Bible. And so I'm very excited to be preaching the great prayers of the Bible. Um, except as I started thinking about preaching these great prayers of the Bible, I started really thinking that there's a lot about prayer that we just don't talk about in church. I don't think the church has always done a great job in teaching prayer. What, what is prayer all about? What's the purpose of prayer? What are the different types of prayer? How do you get started in prayer? And so I thought, you know, before I get into the great prayers of the Bible, maybe I should just do a crash course in prayer. And so that's what I'm going to do today. And in your bulletin is a, is a sermon notes. People seem to like when I do this. They're a lot of work, but sometimes when I'm covering a lot of material, people really like Here's what I find. Teachers and ex-teachers love when I do this because you can follow right along and you can fill in. So there's the blanks on your sheet, and I'm going to give you those blanks, and you can follow along. Hopefully you can find a pencil or a pen. But I just want to give you a crash course on prayer. Because I don't think we in the church have really taught prayer very much. And, and I, I've had an interesting sort of journey with prayer. Uh, I was a pastor's kid. And uh, pastor's kids are characters, right? We have, uh, sometimes we get a little wild and we go through. Okay, but I was one of those pastor's kids that could say the right stuff and do the right stuff. I was really good at sort of copying you know. Like I never, all my friends, they still read the words of institution. At communion, if you notice, I never do. And I always do them exactly the same way. I always do them exactly how my dad did them. Because growing up, I learned it. I would copy my dad. And I, I still do the words of institution when we do communion the same as my dad does. Okay? And I remember being in high school and I was at a conference. I think I was at General Assembly uh, for the denomination. And I remember I, we, I went to like a prayer gathering and I prayed. I was like 16 years old. And I prayed and somebody complimented my prayer, how well I could do it. And I remember getting a little puffed up, like, oh, yeah, somebody complimented me on my prayer. And then I remember almost immediately thinking, what was that? Like, how did I get prideful about prayer? That's not what prayer is about. And I realized that, oh, my goodness, I'm really good at saying the right words when I pray. But, but what is that what prayer is really about? And I remember even at 16, I was thinking, i got to understand this prayer stuff a little different. Like, I, I can copy what everybody else prays. But how do I actually learn how to pray? And so for over 20 years now, I have been interested in this topic of prayer. And what is prayer really about? How do you pray? And I've actually made it a real attempt in my life to not pray big flowery prayers, but to try to just really talk to God. I was like, I want to just figure this prayer thing out as a conversation with God. And so I've always been interested in prayer, and I'm excited to just give you a kind of a crash course. So we're jumping in. Okay, I'm convinced a lot of Christians don't pray. Okay, I, I, if, if I asked you to talk about your prayer life with the people in the pews next to you, uh, for a lot of people, I'm not sure it would be a very long conversation. Okay, a lot of people, where do they pray? What's the, what's the most common place people typically pray? 
grace, right? How many of you, you say grace? I was even told uh, growing up, not in my house, but in my grandparents' house and stuff, if you eat before you say grace, God's going to give you a stomachache. Anybody <laughs> told this before? Okay, by the way, not in the Bible. Not in the Bible at all. Um, and so, uh, yeah, a lot of us say grace, but, but do we actually pray? No, typically we don't pray that much. So let's start there. Why don't we pray? Well, part of it is our misconceptions about prayer. First of all, we, when we think of prayer, we tend to say grace before meals. Do you know, let's think about this. You find in the Bible where it says you're supposed to pray before a meal. It is not in there. The one time we think you should pray. Eh. Hey, the, the Jewish people had a tradition. They had to wash their hands and say certain prayers before they ate. They had to ceremonially cleanse. The Bible doesn't actually talk about that. And in the ancient world, you didn't sit down for three meals a day. <laughs> they didn't have big meals. You rarely had big meals like that. So they didn't stop to pray when we typically pray. So let's just let that one sit there. We also have these misconceptions about prayer that it has to be something amazing or super spiritual, that somehow pastors are better at it because I've got a more of a direct line to God than you do. I don't, by the way. Okay, doesn't work like that. We also tend to think about prayer life as, as it has to be done a certain way. It has to be really long. And we're going to sing a song coming up called Sweet Hour of Prayer. And that's a lot of times what we think about when we think of prayer. I've got to sit down for an hour and pray to God. For how many of you does that sound sweet? <laughs> sounds like torture. It sounds more like waterboarding than it does a sweet hour, right? That, that we've got this, all these conceptions of prayer, and then we're so intimidated by them that we don't really do it. Or we have very low expectations. So we have misconceptions, or we have low expectations of prayer. Like it doesn't really do much. Like it's not that important. Like, all we have to do is say it at grace. We don't really have to talk to God in other times, right? Because ultimately, we don't see the power of prayer. We don't see the power of prayer. I put a quote in this for you. Martin Luther said, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. Martin Luther, very typical to spend an hour or two every morning in prayer. And if he had a really busy, really crazy day, he'd up it to three. Can, can you imagine? That's a totally different perspective on prayer than we have. Like, I'm way too busy. Lord, I'm just going to give you this little arrow prayer, and we're going to move on. No, Martin Luther, I've got such a busy day, I better spend all the first three hours in prayer. Okay, if you look, if you look in the Gospels, Jesus is doing all this miraculous stuff, and the disciples don't ask him very much about it. They're just sort of along for the ride. One of the few things the disciples ask Jesus is, Lord, teach us to pray. Like the one thing that stands out in the disciple, they don't say like, Lord, teach us how to walk on water. Lord, you know, teach us how to heal somebody. Lord, teach us how to, you know, make bread. And so I can just have a little bit and feed it to a bunch of people. No, what they say is, hey, Lord, you know, what really stands out in your in your life is your prayer life. Will you teach us how to pray like that? So I, I think prayer is way bigger than we give it credit for. So, so what is prayer? Well, it's, it's more than grace, right? We're, we're getting already past that. Prayer is really interaction with God and connection with God. Interaction with God and connection with God. Okay? If you think about it then, a lot of times at grace, it's not really that much of a prayer. Hey, what we're praying is, Lord, 
this really unhealthy meal we're about to eat, can you miraculously make it good for my body? Okay? And we're actually not, we're actually not interacting with God that much. Okay? Prayer is interaction with God or connection with God, which can involve speaking, but also listening. Okay? If, you, if your interactions with your spouse were all you talking, that's not really an interaction. That's just an action. The inter part involves both ways. Okay? It can involve speaking, but also listening, worshiping, obeying. There's lots of different ways you can interact with God. And that, the word we use for that traditionally is the word prayer. There's a, I put a little picture there of a, a great book called The Practice of the Presence of God. It's by this guy named Brother Lawrence. It's real small. You can pick it up for a buck or two on Amazon. Okay, it's a great, great book. But he was a monk, Brother Lawrence, and he decided, I want to try to pray all the time. I want to try to be constantly with God. Paul tells us, pray without ceasing. And he's like, I'm going to take this seriously. And so he said, I'm going to mop the floors in prayer. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clean up after the meal with prayer. And I, everything I do is going to be prayer, not just prayer. He's a monk, so he has prayer time. But he said, I'm going to pray all the time. And he has a great little book where he talks about this. And I gave you a quote from him. It says, the most holy and important practice in the spiritual life is the presence of God. That is, every moment to take great pleasure that God is with you. So here's what prayer is actually about. The ultimate goal of prayer is to connect us with the divine. It's the idea that God is always with us. God is always around us. But that we are not connected with that. Often we live as if it's not true. As if God is not there. And then occasionally before our meal we stop and we say, Oh yeah, hey Lord, thanks for this. Okay? No, it's this idea that prayer helps us connect it's like, it's like going on around us, just outside of our vision. In Christian tradition, they sometimes would talk about it as a veil. Like behind the scenes, God is at work in your life. You think it's just a church. No, church is just the excuse for you to look behind the veil. Okay, church, let me say it this way. Church, prayer, your devotion life is not an escape from the real world. It's a reminder of the real world. It's a reminder that what's really happening on your Tuesdays is not what you think is work and all the stuff you have to do and paying your bills, but that there's something else going on underneath, behind the scenes. And prayer is the way that we connect with that, that we are aware of that. In fact, the church has historically talked about this using several words. One word we sang in a prayer in a a hymn just a little bit ago is the word abiding, that I'm constantly remaining, I'm, I'm hooked in. God's abiding in me. I'm abiding in God. The other word that I is the next blank. The church has historically talked about this as centering. In other words, you know that stuff I'm saying in the veil that God is everywhere. You know where else God really is all the time? In me. In me. So if God is in me, then part of what I do in prayer is I take a look at the God who is at work inside of me. So part of what the discipline of prayer is meant to do is have us get quiet so that we can hear the still small voice, the Holy Spirit that is within us. 
Prayer is a reminder that everything is spiritual. Everything around you. When you're at work, Tuesday afternoon, Thursday morning, when you're having a bad day, whatever's going on in your life, when you're talking to your grandkids, okay? when you're celebrating with a friend who's having a birthday, whatever is going on in your life, there is this spiritual element to it. And prayer is part of how we stay connected to the spiritualness of everything. Now, if that sounds new agey to you, I don't know what to tell you. That's how the Bible talks about stuff. That the Holy Spirit is within you. Is with you. And prayer is the way that we kind of connect in on that. And now you can see why it's important that we get beyond grace in our prayer life. Because if, if all we do is pray just very occasionally, just a quick prayer to God, then, then we're not connecting this whole spirituality. And so no wonder Christians don't look that much like any different than the rest of the world. No wonder we, we think our Christian faith should look exactly like our political opinions, like our economic opinions. We can't think about our faith separately because we've never taken the time to separate out our faith in our lives. Now, that doesn't mean all prayer has to be the same. It doesn't mean you have to take a whole hour to pray. There's actually lots of different kinds of prayer. There's actually lots of different ways to pray. And we in the church have not been good at teaching this. But, but, but think about it like this. Every animal in the world, every living creature in the world needs water, right? Okay? Every, everything needs water to live. But they don't all need the same amount of water. Okay? They don't all need the same kind of water. A fish has to swim in water. Take a fish out of water at all, they're in real trouble. A camel needs water a little less often, right? Because it can store water. And a lot of water can carry it. So it, it doesn't matter. Um, um, we have some pets at my house, and we have this, this one kind of pet. It's a lizard. It's called a uromastic because it's little lizards. And, and I've had those things, I don't know how long I've had them, seven years. But they're from a desert climate. I have never given them water. Never given them water. They get enough water from what they eat that they don't need water because they come from a place that has no water. Do they need water? Yeah, they need water. But they don't have to like, get in a pool of it. They can get it from... The, so. So there's lots of different kinds of prayer. There's lots of different... And what I found is, in my life, I am not one of those hour-long prayer guys. That's just not how I am. And so I have found different ways to pray that help me stay connected. And, uh, and for a lot of people, your prayer life should look like it needs to for your spiritual health. Not like everybody else's. Your prayer life shouldn't look like mine. Shouldn't look like your spouse's. Your prayer life should look like your spiritual life because you're designing it so that you're connecting with God. So let's think about some different kinds of prayer. <clears throat> um, and I'm, I'm just going through this list real quick because I, I just wanted to give you kind of a broad range. Petition is praying for someone or something. That's what we typically think of as prayer. Praying for somebody or for something, for some situation. But that's not the only kind of prayer. That's only one kind of prayer. Praise is giving glory to God. Praying to give glory to God. Okay, so I can praise God for who he is. Okay, if, if we went through the Lord's Prayer today, we could see a lot of these different kinds of prayers. Okay, hallowed be your name. And then I don't get to my daily bread till later in the prayer. Silence. Giving space for God to speak. It's not a relationship if you're the only one talking. Where do you give space for God to speak in your prayer life? Contemplation. Contemplation. Considering the things of God. 
considering that's what you think about stuff. This is, this is my prayer life. What I found is I'm more of a contemplative prayer. I pray as I'm thinking about stuff. Okay? All week, a lot of my prayer life was thinking about prayer as I was considering what I was going to say about prayer for the sermon. That was prayer. I was interacting with God as I contemplated it, considered it, thought about things. Serving. See, if you start to think like Brother Lawrence, all of a sudden when I serve, you can see your action as interaction with God. Your action as interaction with God. So I can serve God. And as I'm serving God, as I'm doing His will, if I bring Him along in the process, that's prayer because I'm interacting with God. Fasting. I don't have a lot of time to go into fasting but fasting is when you deny yourself. We typically think of food, but I dare you to stop watching the news for a week and see how that deals with your prayer life. Okay? You take away something that you're used to, and then when you hunger for it, like, like if I gave up chocolate, whenever I think of chocolate and I want chocolate, it's a reminder to pray. It's a reminder to, that I, or if I fast for a day and I don't eat, I've not done a lot of fasting of food in my life, if you didn't know that. Okay? This is not a spiritual discipline I've gotten into as much. Okay, but every time I get hungry, I'm reminded to pray. And I'm reminded what I'm really hungry for is Jesus. So it doesn't have to be food. That could be get off of social media. What if you didn't watch TV for two weeks? I guarantee you your prayer life is going to do better. Okay? Um, denying myself till I can pursue God. Solitude, being alone to be with God. We live in a culture that is constant noise, constant advertising, Okay, count how many billboards you pass on the way home. Count them. How many signs and billboards you pass on the way home. You can't even count them fast enough. We live in a culture that is loud. Not just physically loud. It is that. But it's just loud. There's a lot of stuff. So sometimes getting in solitude. Being alone. Uh, lament is when we complain and accuse. Praying to complain and to accuse. That sounds weird. We're like, I don't think we should be lamenting. Well, all over the Bible, there's a whole book of this called Lamentations. There's a whole bunch of Psalms. Psalms 13 says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? See, the Bible actually gives us examples of how to pray against God, how to complain to God. The Psalter, praying the ancient prayers of Israel. When Israel wanted to pray, they didn't make up stuff. They prayed the Psalms. Typically out loud, and a lot of times in groups, and a lot of times they sang it. Okay, so, so they, they learn how to pray using the Psalms. Journaling, bearing your soul on paper. You want to change your prayer life? Uh, write your prayers down. Devotions and written prayers. You can pray someone else's prayers. Praying the Bible, speaking scripture to God. Okay, what, this, is a, this could be a whole thing we could do. But when you actually read a story and you read about Peter getting afraid, and he starts to sink, and he cries out to God, Lord, help me. And then you start saying, Lord, help me. But where do I feel like I'm sinking? And you use the scripture to guide your prayer. La- lastly, there's this thing called the divine hours, or the liturgy of hours, sometimes called the di- divine office. Um, we're used to seeing this in terms of Islamic prayers. Okay? If you've ever been around an Islamic culture... Um, there's, a, there's a horn that goes off and somebody uh, sings over a microphone. You're reminded three times a day to pray. Everybody's kind of familiar with this? Before this was a Muslim thing, this was a Jewish and Christian thing. Christians actually used to do this. Jewish people used to do this. Psalm 55, 17 says, Evening, morning, and noon will I pray and cry aloud. And he shall hear my voice. Okay, so there, was this, there were these times every day 
where people would stop and pray. I gave you a list of them there on the side. Um, but the main ones were evening, morning, and noontime. Okay, it's right out of the psalm, Psalm 55. You can see the canonical hours. There were all these different times you were supposed to stop and pray. But the main thing was morning, noontime, and evening. And you would stop and you would pray. And you can still find books that do this, mainly with the psalms. You stop multiple times a day, pray three or five minutes, and then you go on with your day. And then you stop again. I think this is why we say grace, by the way. Not because the Bible tells us to say grace, but because now you and I eat morning, noontime, and evening. So instead of doing the hours, we say grace. Okay? But, but actually, it's based on this tradition of praying the hours. And I, several times in my life, I've gone through several months where I really did this. And I really zeroed in. And it really changed my prayer life to do the divine hours, the liturgy of hours. You can Google them. You can find them. But, but see, then when I start saying sweet hour of prayer, now you start to understand, oh, it doesn't necessarily mean like praying for a straight hour. It means those times of day when I stop to pray. Everybody see the difference? See, why, why are all, we could do multiple other ones. We could do a whole bunch of stuff on this. But I just wanted to introduce you to this wide range of prayers. And uh, what fits your soul? What fits your life? See, your prayer life also reflects your theology. Your prayer life reflects your theology. How, what's your view of God? If I feel that God is a bully, if he's far away... If he doesn't seem to care what I'm going through, I'm going to pray that God very differently than if I think God is close and near me and within me and and loving towards me. Your prayer life then also reflects the state of your faith. Okay, Kind of like your pulse. If I want to know how you're doing spiritually, one of the first questions I would ask you is, how's your prayer life? Describe for me what your interaction, what your prayer life is with God. And I can give you a little bit of a temperature on, Okay, it's like your blood pressure of your faith. How's your prayer? But so, so your prayer can actually reveal your theology and your faith. But I want to argue that it can actually help too. That your prayer life is also a path to deeper faith. So if you have trouble with your faith, if your theology seems a little off, if you have a lot of doubts of God, then lean into your prayer life. I think it can do wonders for you. So let me just give you a couple tips to, for you to get started uh, with your prayer life. Number one, picking and finding time for your prayer. I think it's good. I've never been a good person at praying like long periods of time. I'm one of those people who likes to pray a couple times throughout the day. Where I sort of stop and pause. Um, I think praying in the morning. Some people really like praying at night before they go to bed. I know some of those people. I am not one of those people. Okay. Um, by the time I'm ready for bed, I am ready for bed. Um, and I stay up until I am ready for bed. Okay, it's not a good time for me to pray. Uh, n- mornings necessarily aren't either. <laughs> That's why I kind of do it throughout. But I, I do think there's something to be said for starting your morning off with prayer. Finding space. Okay, where you go to pray is important. Okay, where do you go to pray? I know people that have closets that are set up with pictures, with scriptures, with devotions, and that's their prayer space. And they go in. If you had a prayer space, you'd be amazed how much you start praying. <laughs> you had a prayer corner. This chair. Okay, I have friends who have kneelers. They like to go to their kneeler and pray. Um, I, I like to pray outside. And so anytime I can get out for a walk, okay, those are the kind of times when I find myself praying. But finding space. Think about the space you're in. Your posture. 
Okay, we tend to bow our heads, close our eyes, fold our hands. First of all, I don't close my eyes when I pray. Maybe that sounds blasphemous for you. But my mind goes everywhere when I close my eyes. I find it a terrible idea to close my eyes when I pray. If anything, I will pick a spot and stare when I pray. Helps me a little bit differently. I don't know if you've ever even thought about it. Okay? In, in the Bible, when people really want to pray, they, they prostrate themselves. They lay down on the ground. You just lay down on the ground with your arms out. Your prayer life changes. Okay, an author that I love, Brendan Manning, he used to talk about if you're struggling with your prayer life, put an empty chair in front of you and imagine Jesus sitting there. He is there. He's everywhere. It's not theologically a problem. And pray to that specific space because that, that helps you get past the, the giant God into this particular space. So, so your posture. Another tip, um, pray out loud. Now, don't do that at work. I think it's a little funny. Okay, but, but praying out loud will help you pray in a different kind of way. So your posture, where do you face? Try to vary your types of prayer. So go back to that list of types of prayer. Try different ones. If all you ever do is pray for, for your food, okay, why don't you try praising God once in a while? Just try it. Try when you get mad at God telling him. Just, that's all right. Okay, get some variety in your prayer. Pray other people's prayers. Um, I love the devotional, My Utmost for His Highest. It's a, it's a classic. There's a little prayer in there. I've, uh, there's a guy named John Bailey has written some books on prayer that I, I sometimes will use somebody else's prayers. Okay, along those lines, pray the Psalms. Open the Psalms up. Okay, read the Psalms and say, uh, um, the Lord is my fortress and my rock. Okay, Lord, I need you to be a fortress right now. Okay, use the Psalms to give you words for prayer. Try journaling your prayers. Write them down. Have you ever tracked your prayers? It's kind of an important question. How many things have you prayed for in the last 20 years that you are not praying about now? Did you ever thank God for those? Did you ever finish the journey of praying those things all the way through? Or once it was over, you just started praying for the next thing and the next thing. Why don't you journal your prayers and keep track of them? Write your prayers down. Try the divine hours. I'm happy to help anybody find some of this stuff. You can, you can look up. You can order the book. It only takes a couple minutes. Um, try also praying every hour on the hour. There's an author named John Burke wrote a book called Soul Revolution, where he did a sermon series. He challenged his whole church for 30, for 30 days. Every hour on the hour, their watch or their phone chimed, and they prayed to God for 10 seconds about whatever they were praying. That means about 18 times a day they were, you know, 16 times a day, they were stopping to pray about whatever they were praying. And this church sort of journaled. And they, they wrote stuff online about what this experience was. Try praying every hour on the hour. Forget, forget praying for an hour. Pray for 10 seconds every hour on the hour about whatever you're going through at that particular hour. And see if that changes your prayer life. I think it will. Okay, so we've covered a lot. Um, we're going to be looking at prayers of the Bible here. And we're going to be considering what some of these, these people went through. We're going to look at the stories behind the prayers. So we're going to look at the prayer of Hezekiah. And he's in trouble when he prays. But, I, but I, what I wanted you to do is get a little bit of a sense of prayer. So that as we look inside of some of these prayers of people, you can be looking for the, what is their faith? What is their theology? What is their situation? How do they word their prayers? And that maybe in this new year... I'm not a big New Year's resolutions guy, but I am a big, like, fresh start kind of guy. I'm always sort of analyzing at New Year's and then my birthday in July. 
kind of like seven months, six months apart. I'm always sort of like, okay, what do I want to do now? What am I working on? What are my goals? What do I want to get better at? Maybe for you this New Year's, rather than having a New Year's resolution you're not going to stick with, why don't you try a little bit, some intentional work on your prayer life. Um, I think you're going to find that God will meet you in that pursuit. Let's sing, sweet hour of prayer.